This is a crowd podcast. What's occurring, mate? What's occurring is my really bad Polish accent. Um, and a little bit high-pitched because today was the day that Quieto came to the tour party. I'll give you a solid three and a half out of ten I for that one, that's, mate. That's but quite generous. Yeah, that's because I'm in a good mood. Um, but it's a thought that counts. Mate, I mean, by Team Skies and Team Ineos's very high standards, um, prior to today, you'd have been looking at uh, the tour so far going... We haven't quite got what we came for. Now, boom, won a stage of the tour, won on the Grand Colombia, in style, iconic climb. Um, you know, we got two in the top 10 who are just looking better by the day. I think as the day goes by, they're going to get better and better. That dream of the podium is still alive if they can crack Hindley. And they got a stage win. So morale on that team, morale, even for a rider who's not at the race, just to be you know, just to re-representing that team, it just boosts everyone as part of the whole organization and even more so those on the ground at the tour. So Quiato, weapon, legend. And is one guy, um, you know, he's, he's had years where he was perhaps the best rider in the world. He's had a season where he's won San Remo, Terreno, Strada all within a month. Um, He's been the best one-day racer in the world. And the last couple of years have dipped slightly. And it's just another example of persistence, work hard. Like, he is a grafter. For anyone who doesn't know how hard he works, he's one of the hard, most hardest, hard in, hardest working blokes out there. Um, he's one who will give 110% to a teammate at any moment, if that's his job. And when he's leader, boy, does he expect it back. He's, he's, uh, he expects a lot and he gives a lot. So from my point of view, I'm just on cloud nine now. You know, he's a good mate of mine as well as, he's not just a colleague, he's a mate. So I'm buzzing. Let's talk a little bit about his, his riding chops, first of all, because there's probably several contenders for the most super of all super domestiques. But he's pretty much up there, isn't he? As you say, when you look at his Palmares, world road race champion, um, Milan San Remo, he's won Amstel Gold twice, started Bianchi twice. Like that is putting the super in super domestique, isn't it? Yeah, and the thing is when he when he's got his domestique hat on, what he's why he's so good is his versatility. Like if it's a flat day, they'll say, Okay, Creato, you know, stay with the leader until the final. You know, he'll be the last man with the leader. And we've seen that this Tour de France, we've seen it with many years past. And then on a mountain day, it'll be, you know, if you're controlling the jersey, you're one of the last guys to pull. Um, so his versatility is just probably one of his strongest strengths. And then he's just a smart bike rider as well. You can, the way he, look at the way he rode that final climb. Like, then boys in the breakaway hit that like, like a bat out of hell, like the finish line was yeah. halfway up the thing. Creato thought, right, I know how long this climb is, I know what I can ride. I'm going to stick to that. I'll get these boys back. And that takes a huge amount of confidence to see them guys disappear around the corner and go, all right, boys, see you in a few K. Um, <laughs> so on top of be, 
you can be as strong as you want in this game, but you've got to be smart. And uh, unless you're smart, you know, without one, without one, the other one's useless. And he's the full package. So um, yeah, incredible ride. And actually, I just, I just um, heard Tom and Pidcock's interview at the end there. <laughs> and uh, it's funny the way things pan out, isn't it? They, they almost said to Criato, when UAE were keeping the break really close, uh, it might be worth waiting up and, and staying with the boys. So, you know, imagine he'd have done that and then the break <laughs> would have gone on to win. So it's, it's funny how things happen in it, but um, amazing stage. What do you think of, um, obviously UAE rode as soon as the break went, What's your th- what do you think about that? What's your what's your take? Yeah, so this this was fascinating to me. So we should probably do a little bit of a of a quick joust through the, the stage position, shouldn't we? Before we go into this um, chat, I'll just get it on my phone. So we had Cueto, of course, winning the stage. Uh, then we had the last little sort of remainder of the of the pursuers. We had Van Giel's. Then. We have Pogaccia in third, Vinegard four Sorry, seconds one back. One point for yeah. One point. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. We'll get onto that in a bit. Um, <laughs> and then we have Peacock in fifth. The thing we're talking about here basically is Pog's attack. So when I'm watching that and I'm watching UAE riding, all I'm thinking is, are they riding or are they riding, riding? Do you know what I mean? It was almost like, and I know you like your boxing analogies, it was almost like, you know, when someone just jabs, 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 and they just keep you, jab, 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 so you can't get in close and deliver your knockout blow. It was almost felt to me like they were doing that with Vinegar. They were saying, okay, we're not going to try and destroy you at this point, we're just going to jab, 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 just when Vinegar thinks it's going to be like that all the way through, wallop, in comes the haymaker right at the end. Yeah, that was a nice one. I like that one. Um, and also, I think there's a lot There's a lot I took from them, right? And I think, first of all, mentally, that breakaway goes, Vinegard sat there and he's like, well, we're not going to control. Boom, UE come. He's going, shit. That there's definitely something mental about that where your opposition, they don't have to ride. They, don't, they could have that GC battle. But obviously, the reason they rode was to keep the breakaway, catch all the breakaway, Pogba take the bonuses. So if you're, you're, if you're Jumbo or Vinegard, there's definitely something psychological in that. There's, there, there is. And he's going, well, you know, this guy thinks he's going to win the stage and take the bonuses. That's how good he feels. So already that's going on in your mind. And then in terms of the final climb, one thing, okay, the break was too strong. It was 20 odd blokes. And that's one thing we got right on the podcast yesterday. Me and G said, although it goes uphill in the final, you need to be a strong unit. And you look through them 20 blokes, there was a lot of classics guys. There was a lot of bigger guys. There was very few pure climbers. Um, So we got that right. We got one thing right on this podcast in the last (laughs) couple of weeks. But also I think there's something in that you say throw, you know, on that final climb, they're just slipping them jabs, slipping them jabs. I think it could also be part of a three-day, three-pronged attack. Um, maybe he won't, you know, he didn't land the killer blow today. You know, he just landed a solid hook to the body. But all them jabs in the days to come can add up. So I think there's there's a lot more than meets the eye to the reason that UAE rode today. The storm this is, is brewing. Also, the storm. This is, is also tantalising. Because I was looking at it, I was thinking, okay, 
So maybe the tactic is going to be that they're going to keep doing what they did today, that there's going to be those sort of unbelievable accelerations in the last K, some bonus seconds, whether it's for the stage win or second or third, but bonus seconds because the margin between the two of them on GC is so narrow. I was thinking maybe this will be death by a thousand cuts of vinegar, that we're not going to see that one climatic day that we think we might see. But now you've put that in my mind. Now you've made me think that today was the death by a thousand jabs and then tomorrow it's just haymakers all the way through because we're going on the cold as you plan. Could be, could be. I think what's interesting is that I don't really, probably G would know better how they would stack up in a time trial. And again, it is one of them, they've both beaten each other on their day. But if I was to guess and say who would have the edge on the TT, I would probably say Vinegard if I was a betting man. Um, and I think, you know, Polkar knows that and is aware of that. So he's the one who has to be a little more, a bit more offensive. If we are talking about this coming down to the final wire in that time trial. Um, and I just said the word betting, which made me think of something that I seen on Twitter earlier. So I seen this on Twitter. A guy called Joe Timms mm-hmm. put a bet on Michal Kwiatowski today. And it was... Um, it was each way. He put four pounds fifty down for a return of one thousand one hundred and thirty-four pounds. Ooh, that's two hundred to one. Wow, it's a nice little bet. So Kriata was two hundred for one today, two hundred to one. So and he was that far out because he was sort of involved yesterday, and because most of us just thought he'd be riding for Ineos's GC man. Exactly, and probably a lot of people thought it would be the GC guys who would battle it out. So. Joe Timms just won over a grand. Just as I said, betting then I thought about that. So interesting little snippet. Well, congratulations to Timsy. You're probably just toasting yourself with champagne at this point. We'll have a little break here, Luke, and then come back and dive further into this GC battle. Did you know that bananas are bad for monkeys? Did you know about all the pubs in the Houses of Parliament? Do you know how to make a curry in space? It's mind-blowing, but don't take our word for it. We've got a podcast that interviews zookeepers, politicians, astronauts, and everyone in between. And if you want hilarious stories and to learn about the weird and wonderful people of the world, then you should go and listen to our show, Things People Do, with me, Joe Marler. And me, Tom Fordyce. Search for Things People Do wherever you get your podcasts. Right, look, these are our magic numbers. On Friday going into Saturday, in the GC, Vinegar in yellow. Pog now just nine seconds back. Jai Hindley still in third, two minutes 51. Then we've got Carlos Rodriguez, 4.48. Adam Yates, 5.03. Simon Yates, of course, is a mere second down. That's what happens when you're twins. Then we go Pelo Bilbao, Tom Peacock at 5.35. David Gaudu at 6.52. And Sepkus in 10th. So this GC battle. Um, it's getting closer and closer and closer. It's a big weekend ahead. We are heading into the Alps and um, Morzine on Saturday. So we're going up the Col de Juplan, which is 11.5k, 8.5%. Who is going to be happy? I know I always ask you these sort of questions, but this is, I think, how we clarify it. First of all, which of the two in first and second place is going to be happier this evening? And which of the two is going to be feeling better about tomorrow? 
It's a tough one. I think they, you know, as these days go by, yes, um, Poggy is nipping a few seconds. But at the end of the day, who's in the other jersey? It's still Vinegard. He's still, and with that time trial, you know, I think he'll be stronger. They've both got reasons to smile. Um, if I, if you ask me who I think is going to win, I'd still say Poggy, um, purely because of every opportunity Poggy has taken seconds, every day apart from one. So, you know, that one day he lost a massive chunk, and apart from that, he's only gained. So, yeah, if we, we spoke the other day on the podcast with G. If it was football, it'd probably be ten-one, but it's not football. That one, that one is worth more than the ten. Um, so they both got the reasons to smile and it's just turning out to be a battle royale and it's every day as the day goes by they have this big battle not a lot splits them and we still sit on the edge of our seats waiting to see who's going to land the final blow and then <laughs> on top of that you got as you named the top 10 there is there's two battles there's one for the win and there's one for the podium and the podium one is well, maybe for me equally as interesting because I've got invested interest in, in our two boys there. And, you know, Tom crossed the line with Jai today, so we didn't take any seconds, but took time on most of the other guys. Um, and I think our fourth and eighth, I think they'll only improve on that. Um, so that's exciting as well. And there's lots of different angles and dynamics. Um, but to, yeah, tomorrow is an absolute stinker. Um, I mean, what have we got? third cat first cat first cat first cat hc it's it's battle royale but no, notable tomorrow is that um they crest the calls you plan at 140k so it's 11k from the top all downhill um which leads me on to the third place battle and the first name that springs to mind is tom pickcock so that's going to be another interesting dynamic mm, as well that um <laughs> that spell of descending um, on his way to winning out Abdu'ez last year, that's one of those things that partly helped by the Netflix documentary jumped outside of road cycling, didn't it? I've got friends who have got no interest in, in elite road racing and they watched the clips of him descending and they got it because you can see the speed and you can see the speed compared to other elite riders and you can see the margins. You can see the margins he leaves himself on those big sweeping bends and the tiny margins that he makes work on the tight bends, the ones that tighten up on you. And you can see the jeopardy at all points on that descent. You can see what happens if yeah, it goes exactly. wrong. It's, uh, it's, it's fine margins, isn't it? You know, one, you know, one little bit push it too far and we all know what the consequences can be. Um, it's a tough one. I'd never... If I was a DS or if I was a teammate I would never ever say to a rider attack on a downhill I don't think I'd have it in me to say that I think it's just for the rider and, and certainly from what I've been with the team it's never something we've been told or pushed it's just something if it happens if the rider wants to do it themselves they do it themselves but as you know as a road captain or as it never comes from the DS's these type of things just have to come from within and it's your it's, it's, it's your neck on the line um, but I know I know what Tom's like and he's he's ferocious and he'll take he'll use the terrain to his advantage and you know after an 11k downhill where the finish line is at the bottom 
one of the bike best one of the best bike handlers in the world if he can take time that way he will um that being said i, I don't really see many of the other guys there or thereabouts where he is as being bad descenders they're all quite capable so we'll see but there's certainly that's one thing as soon as you look at that profile and you look at that fight for the podium that's one thing that kind of springs to mind straight away is tom plus downhill equals gaps <laughs> if we were if we were doing equations if we were doing exciting equations yeah um one thing i wondered just thinking about that battle between Vinegar and Snoop Pog is like we're Snoop, thinking on, that all these that. little micro I just got that Snoop Pog <laughs> is that from a pod with G have I missed that or do you just you've missed that one yeah that's my you've got Pog, Poggy I, like I call him Snoop Pog <laughs> um, <laughs> so my thinking is we are thinking that, that maybe it's death by a thousand cuts for Jonas with all these micro brutal little micro attacks equally that's taking stuff out of pog isn't it because everything you and g tell me is about not burning matches that you don't have to burn now maybe these are matches he has to burn and he's chosen to burn them but when we see what has happened to him over the last couple of years and we see how active he is in the first week and a half two weeks of the tour how he loves to win stages how he loves to attack it's his instinct I just wonder if there is any possibility that come the tail end of week three, that maybe there'll also be, in, a, in addition to the damage that he's done to his rival, then there'll be a little bit more fatigue in his own. No, you're right. I think, you know, we're talking about this weekend here, but let's not forget this is the end of the second week. You know, this race finishes in Paris. Um, so I think what me and G say is we're really conservative in, you know, ride calculated, don't do too much, but at the same time, spend energy when you have to. You, you know, coming into that final today, he went with 4.50 to go. Um, Vinegard went full gas with 4.50 to go. The whole top 10 went full gas with 4.50 to go. They all used the same amount of energy and it was just the strongest guy, got a few seconds on the next guy, who got a few seconds on the next guy and so be it. Um, but of course, when it comes to winning the thing, you're going to have to exploit the other and, and use energy when you can. You can't, you know, if you save, 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 you get to Paris very rich, but not with a yellow jersey. So, yeah, you got a full bo that's but, uh, it, box mate. of yeah. matches so and no fire. I think, um, no, de definitely when, it, when the time's right, they have to spend money. But I think what, if I put my UAE thinking hat on, I would be saying we don't have to win it this weekend. If if we wake up Monday morning and status quo, it's all right. We still got another week. You know, there's still opportunities to crack him. But of course, um, Poggy being Poggy, it's not how he rolls. He's all in. So and that, and that's what's <laughs> that's what's so good to watch. And um, yeah, he'll throw the kitchen sink at it, no doubt. Saturday and Sunday. UAE looked strong as well today, didn't they? They had they had more riders on that climb. Wout van Aert dropped back uh, right at the foot of the final climb. Uh, and then Dylan van Baal made it about, what, halfway up for Vinegar. Then he only had Sepp Kuss. Maybe it was just one of those days. Maybe it was actually a day where UAE could have exploited Vinegar's lack of numbers. Or maybe we're seeing a little change around from previous years and UAE have recruited well, which we know they have. And they've got men in form and that's going to come yeah, into Yeah, I think play. when you look at the makeup of the teams, um, 
from the get-go, Jumbo have gone a lot more middle heavy, middle mountain heavy, um, with the likes of of Dylan, Tish Banu. Wow, I don't know what category you put him in. Um, yeah, probably the same, same category. category. He probably fits in every category. Um, they've gone a lot more middle mountains orientated. And then I think UAE have got a lot more top. They haven't got many middle mountain guys. They've got the flat guys, the rulers. I'd say they've got three of them. They've got Bjerg, Trentin, and um, Langen. And after that, they've just got pure climbers. So they've kind of got a gap in their team where they haven't got many middle mountain climbers where UAE are quite stacked with that middle mountain climbers and haven't got so many top end guys. I was surprised to see Kelderman drop so early. You know, you, you would say Kuss and Kelderman are their two, you know, proper goat um, helpers domestique and, and Kelderman was gone quite early. So, but you know, this is stage 12 or this is, hang on, is this stage 12? This is stage 12. So, you know, guys are going to have bad days and you're not going to be there with a, with a full lineup going into climbs. You know, guys, at this stage of the Tour de France, you're fucked. And there's no, well, I, I always am anyway. <laughs> and then it just becomes about mental over anything else and how hard you can bite the bullet. So on that note, we'll, uh, we'll have a short little break and we'll be back in just a minute. Well, hello, everyone. I just want to tell you about Just Ride, a brand new cycling podcast from Red Bull. My name's Rob Warner. And I'm Elliot Jackson. You might know us from downhill mountain biking, but our new podcast is all about cycling. Full stop. So whether you're a mountain biker, roadie, BMX, a trackie, graveler, bike packer, or even if you just flipping love commuting on your awesome city bike or one of those folding things... This pod is for you. We'll be bringing you crazy stories, big name guests, and we hope to take you out and about to some major events across the biking world too. So come and join the fun on Just Ride from Red Bull. Just while we're doing adverts, I've got something to plug. I will be on stage this November in Cardiff and in London for the GTCC live tour. And you can get your tickets now. Tom, you're going to be there, right? Yes, I will. Fact. So this is your chance to join the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club in person for the very first time. Yeah, you do not want to miss our very first live show. Yeah, and that's not all. If you buy a ticket today, you will get a signed copy of G's new book. It's out in November and it's all about the greatest rides you can do on your bike across the world. You'll basically be pre-ordering that and you'll get a copy signed by G himself. So if you want the book and you want it signed then get a ticket for the live show. So we are in London on November the 6th. And in Cardiff on November the 7th. GTCC Live, the greatest ride, coming soon to a stage near you. As long as you live near London or Cardiff. Welcome back, sports fans. Here we are. Um, very positive day, obviously, for the team and for Quiato, but... On a bit of a sad note, Caleb Ewan left the race today. Um, no, no real reason. It was just, it wasn't a sprinter's parkour this year. It was always going to be tough to get to Paris. Um, so he dropped out halfway through the stage. Um, and if he did that today with the coming days ahead, you know, it would have been neon, neon impossible to, to pass them days given how deep he's gone with the days gone. Um, so not the Tour de France he would have dreamed of. Very, very good mate of mine. So sad to see, but... Caleb, I know you'll be listening. All the best. Don't make it to Paris every time, mate. Don't worry. 
the world will keep spinning. Um, and also, Tom, we've got a, a little snippet from G here. I think mm. there was a, an element of guilt. So this is, this is <laughs> G's apology or something strange like that. So here's G's little snippet. What's going boys? Just a quick one. Firstly, massive chapeau to Creato. Unbelievable day. I'm so glad he won and also that the breakaway guy won and stopped you guys sweeping up the easy points. Um, there's some sort of conspiracy against me though. Obviously, I went Scalmos and then he says in the press again that he ain't going for it. But no, unbelievable ride. Great ride for the, for the team. That's going to put morale sky high. Um, secondly, listen to the pod yesterday. I feel like we gave Benut a bit of a hard time. It was an attack against him. It's more Jumbo's tactics, basically. Could have been if it was Dylan or Calderman or whoever from Jumbo would have said the same. So, um, as they say, more than one way to skin a cat and all that. Uh, I don't even know one way to do it, but that's a different story. Uh, so, yeah, it's entertaining at least. So, good luck to him. And, um, yeah, see you all tomorrow. Cheers, boys. What do you make of that, mate? I get the sense, first of all, that he's starting to enjoy Andorra, but he's not ready to admit it. Um, the, the second thing, he's got some buyer's remorse there, hasn't he? Yeah. He's reflected on what he said overnight. Yeah, he was in the heat of the moment yesterday. He, do you know what? <laughs> During the pod yesterday, he was just on fire. He was just at, like on a vendetta. He was, he was just, oh, what about him? What about him? What about that team? I was like, oh, Christ. Um, also, I don't know if you've... Uh, oh, you did? Yeah, you've seen the WhatsApp group. So G lost an odds game. Um, for those who don't know the odds game, I'm not going to explain it, but it's just a game. G lost the odds game and had to ride the last hour and a half, which included 12,000... Sorry, 1,200 metres climbing uh, in 35-degree heat uh, in Andorra. He had to ride the last what, part of the climb, what I just explained, in an aero helmet because um, he lost the odds game. He sent a funny picture through, didn't he? So as we're doing this, he's probably sweating his tits off. So it <laughs> makes me feel a bit better about myself. Well, he was complaining about the cold in Andorra and he won't be complaining about the cold anymore. Um, when we look at the next few days, Luke, and this will get us into our usual predictions, um, we've talked a fair amount about Saturday stage to Morzine. Should we give our predictions with the caveat that because G is still very much the Lantern Rouge, that if he so chooses, he can take our picks off us because we have to pick in reverse order? Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, it's a tricky day tomorrow. It is a very, very, very hard day. So... I'm thinking definitely breakaway. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this has got breakaway written all over it, I think. For a team to control that the whole time, um, I don't think it's going to be a case of the break taking 80 or 100k to go or anything crazy. I think it either goes on the first third cap or the, f or the second climb, which is the first cap. So I think it goes within the first 40k tomorrow. Um, but... Who do you pick for the breakaway? Have you, it's hard, isn't it? Have you got someone in mind? I think you're right about the breakaway. I've got a slight, having watched today, I've got a slight feeling that it may end up being the GC boys who come through late, maybe one of those days. But the thing with the breakaway is it's so hard because of where we are in the race. Some people have shown their hands and some haven't. You start looking, I think, at the teams, don't you? You, you mentioned right at the start of today's pod how 
Quieto winning today for Ineos changes it all. Everyone can relax. Everything from now on is a bonus because you're not going home empty-handed, as game show hosts like to say. So I wonder if you start looking at those teams who at this point are empty-handed and the chances for stage wins are running out. There's plenty of them. Do you know what I mean? There's plenty of them. Yeah. 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 I mean, Pino is sniffing around, isn't he? And, um, you know, it's his last tour and France loves Pino. Pino sometimes loves France, depending how France is feeling about him. That's a sort of romantic pick. And I think a few of us have been around the sort of the Pino pick a few times, haven't we, in our predictions game? And he's not quite delivered for us. We've A lot of us have backed Pino many a time and he's yet to deliver, but never say never. But I have actually got a name. Um, Okay. This man is 14th in GC, 10 minutes 33, and his name is Felix Gall. Mm. Now, if he wants to get top 10 in GC, he hasn't got to get much in that breakaway, really. He he can get straight up to 11th with just a minute and a half. Um, And then to get 10th, he needs a a couple of minutes more. But I'm pretty sure this breakaway is going to go on a climb. Um, So it's going to be a super strong break. Bit of opposite today where, you know, it was some strong units in there. Tomorrow is going to be more select climbers, some real specialists. Um, you know I've backed Ciccone a lot I think it could be a good day for yeah. him as well but again I, I'm not going to keep backing him mate if you're not producing I have to move on <laughs> you know I'm not a mug <laughs> I need some <laughs> have return you got any fear that as soon, have you got any fear that as soon as you move on he'll suddenly deliver mate I've picked I think I've picked him three times so if he wins tomorrow <laughs> then phew, I don't know I don't know, but I'm 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 back in Felix Gal. I think he's far enough away that then he's just on the crisp. And I think with ten and a half minutes, he'd be a guy who the GC teams would go, yeah, he can go. You know, if he takes a few minutes, whatever. Um, he's still far enough to be able to go out there and compete for the stage without the GC teams marking him out. And you know, he won that stage in Swiss, super strong. He's 14th in GC. That's not by coincidence. You're strong. So he's my horse for tomorrow, mate. I like it. I like your logic. I also like the description of him as being on the crisp. Um, If there's one thing that you riders aren't allowed, it's crisps. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He'll be on the crisps on the Champs-Élysées, I'm sure. Um, as well as the beers because the two go very well together I'm going to um, cogitate overnight and think about this but my marker for now will be Pino and it's a romantic pick because I do want him to win a stage on his last lap around France and then him and France can wander off into the sunset holding hands and everyone's happy do you know what I'd love to see Pino win a stage I'm um, I'm a bit of a Pino fan I like him he's just yeah. got I don't know there's just something about him in there and the whole French thing and he's got goats and it's just quite cool isn't it yeah and yeah yeah like like we all back have to go out on a high it'd be lovely to see him go out on a high so you know if you do back him and you get three points I wouldn't be too upset okay. as long as Felix Gall comes some- second at least <laughs> there is something about the French attitude towards glorious failure isn't there and you get a bit of this with Mark Madio on the Netflix documentary that sort of thing a very romantic French thing where they say something like to, to win is one thing, but to lose, to fail beautifully is something else entirely. It is a better thing to, to lose gloriously is better than to win. And you're like, is it? Yeah. Really? 
he I think he had one of the best quotes on that whole Netflix documentary series um, Pino now he said um, sometimes sometimes I'm fe- I feel like I'm more famous than I am talented it was something along them lines and I was watching <laughs> it with my wife and she went oh I feel so sorry for him and uh, oh, fuck that he's, he's, won, he's won enough in his career I wouldn't feel too sorry for him but um, <laughs> yeah I thought that was one of the best quotes and yeah sure surely got him a lot of fans yeah but the emotions are always there even when he's wearing his, his shades and you can't see his eyes and you feel like you can't really stare into his soul he displays it in other ways the jersey's undone the way he throws his bike around I'm like I'm sure that is his climbing style but there's so much theatrics to it as well isn't there like does he need does he need the massive flick on every single pedal stroke I'm not so sure you tell me but I just love it also as the as the sports evolved you know historically everyone wore shorts and jersey um, team Sky with a first no, actually Garmin Slipstream with the first team to use um, skin suits and it was actually on mm. the Champs I believe but anyway we were the first team to kind of bring them out across the whole team so you race road races in skin suits and now every team does it every team almost every rider races in um, a skin suit and he's one who's just stuck with the shorts and jersey <laughs> and I love it you know uh, Philippe only recently started wearing a skin suit as well every Worldsy reluctantly every Worldsy one was in a shorts and jersey um, he hasn't got aero socks he's got normal socks it's just quite <laughs> yeah but damn I don't need that he's just yeah. a bit more rock and roll than the rest of us so yeah I like that as well just rocking shorts and jersey swinging his bike from left to right finishes a race chain dangling goes home milks his goats and gets on with it <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that milking the goats literally goes hand in hand with his relaxation. Yeah, there's post post right. Maybe they just need milking. He's he's been away for three weeks and they're just absolutely massively uttered. There's there's just something with his goat collection. I love. Like (laughs) he's got collection. I couldn't think of anything worse than having a goat, and he's got loads of them. But anyway, where? Yeah, let's move on from Pino and his goats. <laughs> well, let's let's finish on the goatee note. And I will see you either on Sunday or Monday. I can't work out yet what we're doing, but I think it's me and G on Saturday, is it? Yes. Little um, well-earned rest for you. Lovely job. Um, after this big Pino discussion, love, romantic yeah. story, you've got to back him now, surely. Um, yeah, I'm all You're in You're not backing now. out after if that. I was, no, no. If I wasn't all in before, I am now. Come on, Thibaut. Allez, Thibaut. All right, mate. It's been a pleasure. Um, And we'll catch up with you next week, no doubt. Enjoy your weekend. You too. Ciao, ciao. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.